You're listening to The Broken Meeple Show, a podcast that speaks passionately about board games for the benefit of those who play them. My name's Luke Hector, best known for The Broken Meeple YouTube channel, and I'm an everyday gamer just like you. And I'll be talking about reviews, top tens, and just about anything that connects me to board games. As long as I have a tea or coffee in hand, that is. So grab a cup, relax, and enjoy. And remember, it's only a game. Hi everyone, Luke Hector from The Broken Meeple here, and sorry in advance, my voice is going to sound a bit weird this session because uh, sadly I'm coming down with a bit of a sore throat. Now don't worry, this is not coronavirus related, I know why it is, I've got dodgy tonsils anyway, even though I haven't had them out. I had tonsillitis earlier this year, and yesterday night I made my, not only was I doing a lot of recording for videos, but I was also, I cooked myself a jalfrezi, homemade jalfrezi. I love my home cooked curries and I made it quite spicy. It had quite a bit of spice in it. It also had scotch bonnet chilies in it. It was a hot one. Loved it. It was a lovely curry, but it's taken its toll on my throat. It, about an hour or so after I had the meal, I noticed as I was watching um, season two of the boys that it was starting to irritate my throat. It's gotten a bit worse this morning. So I am drinking a lot, drinking a lot of fluids. Um, I've even got a chamomile tea with lemon slice in there. I have not got any honey. I need to go shopping and get some honey. So you're going to hear me drinking quite a bit this episode, I think, in order to keep it going. So I'll try to keep this episode relatively short, but I didn't want to not put out something for you guys this day. So what am I talking about today? Well, this is pretty much the Marvel episode. (laughs) You might as well call it because I thought... First off, I wanted to give my usual channel update, but I also wanted to talk about a couple of um, things I was doing for reviews, because I said last week I wanted to try and taper reviews so it wasn't just a video every time. So that, well, when I say a video, I mean like a pre-recorded plus editing, because it takes me hours to do, and I want to do other content on this channel, the top 10s, the top 100, the solo plays, the, the movers and the shakers, all that kind of stuff. And if I've got to take time doing reviews, particularly during Essence season that's coming up, it's not going to be possible. I mean, there's so many games that are going to come out that I've got on my wish list that if they all come, I'll never be able to do the variety content while trying to do all reviews. So I want to come up with other ways to do reviews. And with this episode, this is kind of an experiment, but I want to try and do some reviews on this podcast where I'll do sort of like mini bite-sized reviews. And I want to do some live stream reviews. So half an hour, I sit on live stream, people can come in, I talk about the game, give my review, people can ask questions, ask me questions about the game and my experiences, and then I tell them there and then. That way, it should be able to, shall we say, I don't know, it would give the people, I think, who are wanting to really know about this game exactly what they need to know. And I just want to experiment with it. But what I've got with this episode is basically I've got two Marvel games I'm going to review. Well, two Marvel, one Marvel game and one Marvel expansion. And I want to just have a look, you know, firsthand at two upcoming Marvel games. Because at the moment, Marvel is kind of getting out of hand with board games. Like everything is being themed Marvel at the moment. I mean, if we just scroll down this list here, we have got Marvel deck building game, the card game, Marvel Dice Masters, Marvel Heroes. Although that's an old one. Uh, Most of these are expansions to those said games. But as we scroll down... Uh, Crisis Protocol Marvel, Marvel United, 5-Minute Marvel, Marvel Villainous, Munchkin Marvel, Codenames Marvel, 
Splendor Marvel, <laughs> Smash Up Marvel, Battle Realm Marvel, it's, it's Monopoly Marvel, Battle Dice Marvel. It's ridiculous. Even Risk Marvel. When did that come out? Three years ago? Oh, blimey. Five years ago, sorry. Uh, Cardline Marvel. You name it. We have got so much to do with Marvel lately. Uh, Secret Scrolls, Trivia, Ultimate Battles, Flux even. That was only last year, blimey. You know, there is a lot. It's kind of getting out of hand, and I'm sort of at that point where I'm like, okay, we don't need any more Marvel games, people. We're kind of done and dusted. But, you know, they're going to come out, and I want to... Because I just thought, well, there's two upcoming, and two that I want to go over. I figured this would be a good Marvel episode. So very quickly, just to give a channel update, uh, the Top 100 is still going. I have released three videos so far. Uh, two more are recorded and to be edited. They should come out this week, hopefully. Um, if I can get the time to edit them. Certainly one will, hopefully two. And then it's a decision-making time as to whether I do two more pre-recorded before I do live streams or I do the rest live stream. I'm still waiting for feedback on that. I've asked for feedback. I'm not getting a huge amount back, so I'm curious what people's thoughts are. But uh, the idea is that I either live stream the top 30 and then pre-record up to that, or I live stream the top 50, and so when these two episodes go out, that will be the last of the pre-recordeds, and then I w rely on just the live stream ones. So the live stream ones would take me less time to do, because all I need to do is have the game on BGG in order to showcase what it is. I don't need to have flashy effects. I talk for an hour about my top 10, about my 10 list, and then I don't have to spend two to three hours editing the video because it automatically uploads to YouTube. So it's to try and get these out without taking up too much of my spare time. So I would like some feedback on that front. But uh, yeah, other than that though, a Pendulum Review should be coming out Monday, I think. I've got it ready to upload. I think I'll be doing it tomorrow. So you can get my uh, interesting take on that one. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Other than that, there's not much in the way of video content other than just trying to get through the top 100s. Uh, I mean, I'm doing these reviews here. Alma Mater is on the table over there. I've played it a few times. Um, I'm not quite ready to review it just yet. So far, I like it. I like it fine. I don't think it's um, like overflowing. Like, what's the word? Uh, I don't think it's winning me over to say it's great. But I think it's still good. I get some enjoyment out of it. I like how it looks, and it's certainly a thinky game, pretty unforgiving as well. But I kind of, it gives me a similar feel to Coimbra, and I just feel like I prefer Coimbra. Yeah, you don't use dice in this, it's a different game entirely in a sense, but it still looks like Coimbra. It still has that kind of, uh, you know, cards that do different abilities and students that give you little bonuses and that kind of feel of Coimbra. And the theme is not particularly there, again, like Coimbra. So it's, it, when I compare the two, I prefer Coimbra, but like I say, I'll give it some more tries and see what I think soon. So that will be a review to come. Whether that will be a live stream review or a video review, we shall see. I may make, I may make that the first experiment with a live stream review, but we'll see. I want to get people's feedback on it anyway. Or oh, cure me sweet lemon juice. It's <laughs> needed for the throat. Right. So with that said, let's move on. Let's get on with the episode. So, as I say, we have got two games I want to look at first. So I'm just going to talk about first The Rise of Red Skull. This is a Marvel Champions expansion. So I love Marvel Champions, the card game. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. I like it. You know, it's it's got finally a big box expansion because normally they just come out with packs. And this one is bringing in two new heroes, uh, Hawkeye and Spider-Woman. 
Five new villains, uh, Taskmaster, Crossbones, Absorbing Man, Red Skull, and Zola. And a weird campaign setting, where you basically go through all five mini-villains in a little story, and occasionally upgrade your deck and do stuff. Now, I have played through the entire campaign with one hero, and I have played a standalone mission with uh, the other hero. So, just to talk briefly about Spider-Woman, uh, she was the brief standalone one. She essentially goes around with two aspects. So, normally you only have one aspect in your deck, justice, leadership, and that. Spider-Woman basically has two. And her cards all seem to have dual aspects as well. This enables her to be a very powerful, well-rounded character because you can shore up whatever weakness a particular aspect has with the other with the other aspect that you pick. And you can really cherry-pick some good cards from both aspects so she can be really, really good. And she did pretty well in my first game. So, you know, certainly a good thumbs up for me on her. But that's about all I know about Spider-Woman. The campaign I ran through with Hawkeye Hawkeye's the other one. He is very much a best suited to leadership and aggression, I think, uh, those two, because he is very much the attacker. He's a ranged attacker. Retaliate doesn't bother him. He can go after, you know, other people's minions in a sense. But the idea with him is that he can, he already has two attack. Get him his bow, which is easy peasy. He's got three attack, so he's already a high attack person. And... You know, he's got a lot of arrows that he can shoot with his bow, his bow exhaust separately to him. So not only can he attack, but he can shoot his bow. So he's very good at dishing out the damage. And he has a lot of cards that enable him to fetch specific arrows. Different arrows do different things like stun, confuse, hit everybody. I mean, the explosive arrow is brilliant when you're overrun by minions. Like, I mean, against Ultron, Hawkeye would be pretty sweet because his explosive arrow would take out every single minion drone that there is. So he's pretty, pretty sweet. His deck's not particularly expensive. Uh, the main problem with him is that he's a glass cannon. So he is nine hit points. He's as low as Black Widow, but Black Widow has more survivability with her innate cards than he does. So, well, to an extent. I mean, stun, you could argue, protects him for a bit. But yeah, he definitely needs support, which is why I pair him with leadership and use allies with like you know war machine falcon squirrel girl wonder man to help dish out the damage quick so he can just get through the mission without worrying about his hit points but also to sometimes add as blockers you know particularly war machine he comes out he has a tough status so he's already blocking an attack he's got an ally in his deck called mockingbird the hurt his version of it who once he's done her job you can sort of go right i'll pay a resource ping her back to my hand and negate all the damage from one attack so he can really survive well providing you get the allies out and that's how i've done with him i went for the whole campaign i on standard mode i succeeded so i won the campaign but overall the campaign i found a bit lacking you know what's the real selling point of this expansion it's the extra content i have a new storage box so now you know when i was already getting to the point where when i was sleeving my cards i couldn't fit everything in the box i can now whoop this is going to be a little bit hard, but basically it's it's empty for the most part, but I've got all the villains in here and all the encounter sets. Um, you know, they're in there fine with dividers from Board Game Geek. There's a spare row, so with the future stuff that's coming, like the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff and uh, the weird dudes, uh, what, I forget what his name is, Kang or something. I know, very, I know nothing about this character, but oh well, another villain, why not? And, uh, you know, so I've got more storage space, but it's mainly just I've got the content. So more encounter sets, more villains. I mean, this was one problem I had with Marvel Champions. Five 
villains was needed you know we didn't have that many villains and some of them are rock hard a couple were too easy so we needed a good selection of villains and now we've got five very different villains these play very very differently from each other uh the taskmaster has you know has um allies that you can rescue in his deck provided you can get them out of their prison camps uh but he's also a bit of a like he's good at copying your stuff uh Absorbing Man is basically puts out these environments that give him these traits, and depending on what traits he has, the encounter deck screws you over with stuff. Uh, the uh, Crossbones basically can get hold of a bunch of weapons and equip himself with all these nasty things, so he can be pretty nasty on the aggressive side. Uh, the Zola puts out all these mutated uh, guys with tech upgrades and wow i mean he can overrun you with a lot of minions just like ultron but these minions aren't just one one drones no they are like souped up mutated people i mean he's quite a tough hero sorry a tough villain to go against but good fun especially if you like having those ones like thor and hawkeye i would say who are pretty good at taking out minions as well as the main villain the and the uh, red skull he's an interesting one actually i found red skull to be quite fun actually he he is different he's he's not like necessarily the most tonkiest person in the world and he doesn't attack for much usually but he's very heavy on the scheme so he will if he's allowed to scheme he will zoom through his schemes quite quick but he basically has a side deck of side schemes and every turn he puts out another side scheme and all these side schemes do different things and you know some of them just introduce more minions some means that he can't be hurt some put the nasty effects like extra encounter cards out one of them brings out a character called the sleeper which is basically this like massive robot thing that like is a minion that can come and get you and he gets more attack for every side scheme that comes out so his attack does go up as the more side schemes comes out but you need to keep these side schemes under control or rush him like crazy otherwise it will just pile up and I found him quite cool. I found him a very different villain to go up against. It For Hawkeye, it was not my hardest fight in the world. Uh, Zola was the hardest one out of the entire lot. But Red Skull would be a second because Hawkeye is not particularly good at thwarting. Um, his thwart is only one. He's got one arrow that helps, but that's it. Apart from that, he really needs the allies to help him with the thwart. Or he needs to take the guy out before his schemes get to a point. He's almost as bad as Hulk. And... You know, so against that one, I had to rely on some crafty measures to get rid of the important side schemes and then, you know, kill off him, kill him off as quick as I could. But easier said than done when he's putting out a lot of Hydra minions against you as well as everything else. And the sleeper is no, you know, no pushover either. I mean, he's what, like five hit points per player with retaliate one, guard one, oh, sorry, retaliate one, guard and toughness. Pretty tonk pretty tonk in solo a bit more beatable though but in four player oh, blimey i hate to think what he's like in four player 20 hit points with all of that core cool. yeah that'd be pretty tonk but yeah i mean the villains are all good fun so i would definitely recommend getting this expansion if you are a fan of marvel champions like i am but don't go into it thinking the campaign's any good the campaign is literally like a few comic book pages with some nice artwork uh and you basically just go through each villain in turn. There's some minor changes, very minor changes to set up and clear down uh, when you're done. You get to add like one or two cards to your deck if you're lucky uh, throughout the experience. And depending on how well you do in one campaign, um, one match might offset stuff later. But apart from that, there's really little to this campaign. You just play through the, vill- the villains in order in this kind of storyline. But it's not even that much of an amazing story. I mean, it would probably be really good as a movie, 
but as an addition to this game not really that needed so it's it's do not buy this for the campaign buy it for the content just add the content to your experience if you want to play the campaign by all means give it a try once but i can't see people wanting to play this campaign more often than not so it was a bit of a letdown in that respect but i will take two heroes and five villains and these extra cards with some aspect stuff as well gladly because there are some strong cards in this expansion it's definitely worth grabbing Next up, I want to talk about this little packet right here. This is Marvel Infinity Gauntlet, and this is uh, an, a, a love letter sequel in a sense. It's got a very nice cushiony pouch, this one. And I thought, oh my god, Marvel love letter, now we're really jumping the gun here. You know, you get these big plastic tokens and you get the usual love letter style cards, but hang on a minute, there's a few extra cards in here. What's the deal? Well, that's because Infinity Gauntlet is this weird setup where... It's actually a team versus team game. So essentially you have the heroes all versus Thanos. Okay, different. So the heroes go in with their deck of cards, you know, shared between them, which has the usual kind of love letter style rulings. So you've effectively got like two, look at a hand, one, guess a card, you know, do they get rid of and stuff like that. But they're all named after the various characters. So I mean like, you know, four can, you may fight Thanos and, the light is not particularly great here, I do apologize, but uh, yeah, you may fight Thanos with the number three card and Spider-Man number one uh, and Captain America Black Widow for a two, you know. So you've got all the various stuff and you can tell that some of this artwork has been recycled from uh, Fantasy Flight's library because, I mean, the Black Widow one looks exactly like her Marvel Champions card, which is kind of weird. Um, same for one of the Captain Marvel cards, actually, even though this is, I think, a Z-Man game. Is it? Well, check that one, actually. Is it a Z-Man game? Let's have a look. Uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, it is Z-Man game. So I'm curious as to how they managed to get the exact artwork. But the idea with this is, basically, Thanos is controlled by one player and has a big deck of cards and draws one extra card than the hero. So he always has two cards in his hand and draws another one at the start of the turn. It's, sim it's similar love letter rules. And what's happening is that Thanos is trying to get all the six Infinity Stones. So, you know, it, and he can get them out into play or he can get them out in a mix of play or his hand. Uh, here we go. Just trying to find the actual Infinity Stones themselves. So he's got them and they've all... Essentially, his deck has similar abilities to the hero deck in terms of take power tokens, fight people, which is compare the numbers basically lowest loses and choose an opponent look at people's hands that kind of thing but the power stones are kind of upgraded versions of those so let's say you get a power token with a four card the four power stone gives you three power tokens and these power tokens are used in the combats to add to your strength and basically that's what Thanos is trying to do the heroes are trying to take him out before that happens now each party can win by simply reducing the other one to zero life. And every time you defeat a card, which basically means winning one of those like guesses with number ones or winning a fight, defeats the card, reduces the life of Thanos and that, and it scales by player count. But this I found to be really cool. Because, I mean, yeah, it's a, thematically, it's like, hmm, a bit like here, me, you're sort of bolting Marvel onto Love Letter. But I like the team aspect. Because we, I played it free player at first with two people versus Thanos. And it seemed relatively hard to beat Thanos. But, you know, I found it 
still good fun. You know, two people trying to work together, using cards to help each other, and, you know, me trying to take them both down. I thought that was quite cool. Then I tried it with more players, and it felt harder to win as Thanos. So I think the balance of difficulty is going to be heavily skewed onto how many players you have. If you have, I think, four players, I think you're going to get a nice balance of difficulty. I think if you have three or the weird two-player variant, I think it's going to be a bit easier for Thanos to win because you'll get more turns. But then I think if you have more players, it's going to be easier for the heroes to win. So there is that. But yeah, I mean, it's a pretty solid game, actually. I had good fun with this. I, I think this actually replaces Love Letter. Now, when I say replace, it doesn't mean I'm going to sell my love letter. It's still on the shelf and it is still good for teaching new players. The rules to this are fairly simple, but there is more to learn because you've got more cards and you've got to understand how Thanos' deck works as well as the cards in your hand. And there are some tweaks to the love letter rules. I mean, fighting is basically the Baron card from Love Letter, but it you know you need to read the rule book to know what fight means. It's just a keyword. And you do have player references for the humans and sorry the the heroes and for Thanos so you do at least get to see that a life counter card to use for tracking life but apart from that it is essentially love letter you can watch a video tutorial by scanning the QR code there's a quick reference on the back or you can just read the rule book it's nice and small but yeah I think this is well produced I mean for a tenor you're getting some very chunky plastic pieces a decent amount of cards you know a very nice like soft plush like bag to hold it in and I think it's solid. I would rather play this than Love Letter any day. But I would not teach this to people brand new to games. I would still use the original Love Letter. But for gamers who are like, do I really feel like just playing basic Love Letter? Well, why don't you try this version of Love Letter? And I like Marvel, so you know this that obviously helps just to look at my favorite character portraits, even though it doesn't really matter. But you make references to the movies. You make references to the characters. And it's just... Yeah, it's really neat. I think this is going to be an interesting hit for a lot of people that like Love Letter. It just introduces a nice twist. I like the team aspect. It rejuvenates the game for me and I think pretty solid. So I never really mentioned the uh, scores for each. I mean, how to rank expansions is kind of tricky. You know, the the problem with expansions is that you've got... Yeah, a lot to take in. I would say The Rise of Red Skull is a good 8 out of 10. It's definitely worth getting for the content, but the campaign, which it makes a big deal about, is pretty lacking. So you are basically just you know, dealing with the card content. That's about it. But this Infinity Gauntlet love letter, I mean, I would give a solid 8 out of 10 as well. I mean, it's not going to blow you away. It's not like, oh, I really want to play this love letter every week. But if I'm going to play Love Letter, this is the one I want to play. This easily beats the original Love Letter for me. And I think people are going to really enjoy it. You know, I think you know the Marvel theme will appeal to more, but I think the team versus team aspect will also appeal to them. You know, And I like playing the heroes. I like playing Thanos. So it's one of those games where I don't mind which side I'm playing. But yeah, good component quality, good simple rules, caters for two to six players, I think. So, you know, you get a little bit of an extra player count compared to normal Love Letter. So, yeah, I'm pretty solid with this one. So that's two little reviews. Now, I just want to look briefly at some upcoming ones. Now, Splendor Marvel. I am getting this one for review very soon. I didn't originally ask for it, but, you know, as they said, we really want some coverage on it. So it's like, fine, I'll get it. Oh, just quick drink. Uh... And I thought, all right, fine, because I thought 
okay, Splendor Marvel. Now we're kind of jumping the shark here. But, you know, Mark andre has uh, designed it. He designed the original um, Splendor, and it's the same sort of style of artwork. Uh, it's Marvel thing. It is published by Space Cowboys. It's supposedly two to four players, 30 minutes. So we're talking nigh-on identical to Splendor. But I have not played this game. But the way it talks about the slight changes, uh, you've got basically a new color structure, whatever. I mean, I suppose that's just to make it easier for people to see. Um, you've then, essentially with this one, is you're picking your tokens, you're recruiting characters to gain the infinity points and bonuses. So basically, you know, just that. The bonuses help you recruit more powerful ho heroes and acquire locations, which is somewhat different. And then you trigger the end game by basically doing what I think the cities card in the expansion had. But they talk about it uses a new end game trigger, new victory conditions. Okay, cool. Uh, you can also gain infinity points with the Avengers Assemble tile that can be passed from one player to another several times during a game. Okay, that sounds like a bit of a twist on the whole uh, noble thing. But aside of this, it's just meant to be another quick re-implementation of Splendor. What am I going to make of it? <sighs> Who knows? I mean, I like Splendor, so there's no reason I shouldn't like this game because it's basically going to be Splendor. Is it going to be Splendor with a little bit of extra kick? Probably. Would I normally own both? Hell no. <laughs> it's like there's no reason I would own both of these. But Splendor is one with the expansions I like to play in general. And it's gone over well with my family. My parents like it. And believe me, even though it took a few games for them to get used to it, and I usually beat them 90% of the time in it, it's still a game they enjoy, so I'm glad of it. But this one, the artwork looks okay. I don't know. I wonder if I prefer the artwork of the original. But, you know, the backs of the cards are a lot more interesting, at least anyway. And obviously, the Marvel logo is like, you know, massively big one. Uh, but it looks like you've just got one endgame trigger there at the top, which looks like you just need 16 points and all the different color cards or stones, I guess. Uh, the Infinity Stones themselves are your tokens. I'm not quite sure what these shield tokens are, though. That's going to be interesting. But looks like they're covering a lot of characters, though. I mean, you've got... Oh, wait, the locations must be the nobles. Ah, no, I thought there'd be a bit more. But yeah, you've got these different... You've got, like, the Triskelion and a few other places. And, uh, you know, Wakanda. And yeah, you need a certain amount of cards. And you get them and they're worth three points. Okay, so that is literally just the nobles retained. You've got a lot of different characters. Uh, I mean, Lockjaw. You know, I know nothing about this character. It's apparently a psionic dog or something. But he's in the game. It's Marvel. So this is not just covering Infinity Gauntlet from a TV perspective or a movie perspective. It's covering, like, comic perspective with, like, everybody getting involved. Uh, what else have we got? We've got... Have we got any playthrough ones? That's a horrible photo. That's really, like, blurry. You shouldn't have put that online. Uh... But here we go, a few close-ups, so you've got some villains in there as well as the purple cards by the looks of it, so there's Rhino, and tells you the cost in the bottom left, the bonus is clearly the gem in the top right, so it is pretty much identical to Splendor, it just has one or two tweaks, so I don't know exactly what we're really going to get out of this game, I mean on the plus side it's not going to take me very long to review it, because frankly if it's just Splendor with a couple of tweaks it will take me like one or two games to get to grips with what the new stuff is but don't think i'll be doing a full video on this one though i suspect i will do a live stream or i will talk about it on um, a podcast episode uh, but i don't think this warrants a full-fledged detail review especially if you already know what splendor is uh, but yeah that's just 
it looks like the general gist of the game is as we remember it. So, you know, it should be interesting. It's going to be Splendor with Marvel theme. I'll probably prefer it to normal Splendor purely because it has that theme, even though the artwork, I think, is probably better on the original game. We'll see what quality the poker chips are like. You know, hopefully they haven't skimped down on that. And maybe it will just appeal to people based on the theme. But I certainly don't see myself keeping both. I think it will be a case of that I'll keep one. And I already have an expanded Splendor, which I like. So I can't see me keeping this one. But we'll see. Maybe it will shock horror me. But I don't think it's suddenly going to blow my mind compared to the original Splendor. And then we got another one. Uh, where is it on my page? Smash Up Marvel. I know very little about this one. And I mean, Smash Up is in danger of being... I need to get it to the table more. Otherwise, it's in danger of leaving the collection because it's in a big box. There's all sorts of content in it, but I just never take it to a game night. I need to take it to a game night and get it played. But I don't want to play it with more than three players because it's too chaotic. It's better as a two-player. And there's an app, which means I can play it solo. So it's a... A little bit worrying, but what do we have? So Alderac is bringing out uh, Smash Up Marvel. The shuffle building game Smash Up begins with a simple premise. Take the 20 card decks of two factions, shuffle them together, and then crush more bases than your opponents. Okay, basic. That is basically Smash Up. Uh, you smash up two groups of Marvel characters, such as the Ultimates or the Criminal Masterminds Hydra. Mix and match the different decks to see what combinations work better, but that's going to be weird because you're mix and matching heroes and villains together. So that's by the sound of it. So that looks like it's going to be a bit weird on the thematic front. Quick, now drink there. And you basically just create stories that never existed in the Marvel Universe. So yeah, I think theme's going to take a back seat here. I mean, yeah, maybe the factions individually will function good. Like the Asgardians will have Thor and, you know, Ham Thor's Hammer and Stormbreaker and all that lot. But, you know, would the Asgardians team up with Hydra? That just seems a little bit weird. Do we have any images apart from just, so literally only four images. I mean, this is definitely coming out later this year. 30 to 60 minutes, two to four, best with three. It's pretty much identical to what the original Smash Up is. So, for example, we've got here, we've got Baron Zimmer. So, after this base scores, gain a VP and place this character on the bottom of its owner's deck. And he's the level 5, is he? So, that's not... Well, I suppose he gets you an extra VP, which is pretty good. But other than that, not loads. Masters of Evil. So, that's his uh, faction. Who else we got? So, Captain Marvel and Red Skull. They're really showing off the 5 characters here. Move this character to another base and all your other characters can gain plus one power to the end of turn. That's pretty solid. Who's you, though? I'm not sure what the faction of you is. Um, it's been a while since I watched the movie, but yeah, that you? What is that? And then Red Skull, ongoing. When a character you control is destroyed, draw a card. Talent, destroy a character you control to draw a card. So he's good for drawing cards if you want to sacrifice some of your lesser minions. I guess all the minions of Hydra. And you draw a card whenever your characters are destroyed. So you're constantly getting a supply of cards in your hand. He could be pretty sweet as well. And then lastly, we have got uh, four and his hammer. So so four can search the deck or discard pile for Mjolnir. I, I can't know how you pronounce it, but his hammer. Reveal it and draw it. Shuffle your deck. Move the hammer from one character to another. But... Only Captain America and Thor can wield the hammer. So I'm kind of curious as to uh, how that's supposed to be for Manic. But 
And the hammer, basically, if this card is on four, it has plus two power. Otherwise, it has minus two power. Oh, I see. So the intention is that not you, you don't put it between your own characters. You basically keep it on four to add his power two, or you chuck it an, an, an enemy and make him have minus two power. Okay, I mean, so it works both ways. I don't see why you would chuck it on an enemy to... I mean, I suppose if you've got a card that targets certain powers, maybe. But for the most part, I think you would just keep it on four and have a seven power character. But then I guess if you can't move four to another base and the seven power is a bit redundant and you know that the opponent could move the character, you could shove the hammer on that character so that if they do move, they're still, you know, not particularly good. So, I mean, yeah, this will... Will I get to review this one? I don't know. I mean, frankly, I can't see myself being that desperate to review it because, frankly, it's smash up with marvel it looks exactly the same the splendor one is at least trying to add in one or two tweaks to the rules however minor but this one is literally looking like a carbon case copy of it and one thing i am very curious about actually i wonder i don't think it's going to happen with this one but it doesn't say that you can't combine this with yeah i mean it says standalone let's have a look let's see if anyone on the forums has said about this so obviously you can play this by itself but will you be able to combine it let's see uh it can be both played as a standalone be mixed with existing sets you have to have to be aware that characters and minions are synonymous and strictly the same gameplay wise so it's basically a starter box with eight factions so it's basically like the original starters and it seems that you can combine it with other smash-up sets, so I'm not even sure if I've got enough room in my big box over there to hold smash-up marble in it, but I just can't... Why would I... I mean, that's just a weird combination. So I can say that the Avengers are teamed up with Cyborg Killer Apes. How? Just the, that would just be weird. I mean, smash-ups kind of jump the shark with some of the combinations you can make. With this one, I would probably suggest that if you want to dip your toes into Smash Up and you don't want to try out all the smorgasbord of expansions before, then just grab this one and have a starter set. At least it's theme around Marvel. You'll recognize the characters and they'll be pretty unique to their own factions. But yeah, I'm just not seeing this one being like a massive hit. This is literally just a case of, oh, we're adding more content to Smash Up. Happy days. It's Marvel. Hooray. But yeah, I mean, I can't see myself reviewing it other than if they want me to review it. And if they do, it will definitely not be a full video. This will be a a live stream to talk about Smash Up in general, or I'll just talk about it on the podcast because I don't think this will warrant a full-fledged video. So with 35 minutes on the clock, I think we'll start wrapping up because my throat can only take so much. And God knows what my voice sounds like on this microphone at the moment. And I've got other stuff to do today, like editing the one of the top 100 videos. I need to go to the gym. I need to get some honey and uh, lozenges for my throat. I need to cook some chili later on. I will make certain not... Oh, I'm going to put scotch bonnet chili in that, though. I'll try not to make it too hot, because I know it will probably mess up the throat even more. But, I, think, I mean, the throat's going to last the week, I think, anyway. It usually does. Whenever I get a sore throat, it lasts about a week, so... Thankfully, I don't think I have much recording to do this week, so that's not too bad. But obviously, I still need to, I'll probably need to record one video. But yeah, I think for the most part, I'm just editing. And because I work from home, apart from team meetings, I should be able to not have to talk too much. 
Although I do have one or two meetings I have to do. Mm, great. Well, I'll have to do what I can, use the remedies as, as much as I can, and just try and get it out of the way as quick as possible. Like I say, it is not coronavirus because I don't have a fever. I don't have any headaches. I'm hot, but that's only because it's shut door, shut window, and it's 22 degrees outside or something. So yeah, it's just pretty warm, and I'm in a polo shirt. And I don't have, what other symptoms are there for corona? Fever, headaches, sore throat's not even a technically a symptom of coronavirus. It's, uh, well, I mean, it's mentioned, but it's not the primary uh, thing for it. But what's the other thing? Oh, yeah, respiratory issues. I don't have any respiratory issues because, I mean, I, I, ran, I went for a run yesterday. Totally fine. I'm going to the gym later on. I feel totally fine physically. So it's, it's literally just throat. And I think it literally just was the curry was probably just a bit too spicy. Uh, the chili should not be too spicy. It would just have a hot chili in it, but it's not going to have tons of spices like a curry would. So hopefully it'll be a bit better on the throat. And of course, all the different remedies and that. But uh, yeah, um, so I can't think of much else from a channel perspective. Just keep an eye out for the next two top 100 videos and the pendulum review. They will come soon. And obviously I'll let you know about the decision to live stream either three or five of the top 100 videos and then of course i'll be soon to start working on not only reviews for other games but some of the variety content like some solo plays uh people have voted that they would like me to do role player with the expansions so i will aim to do that at some point with the whole smartphone setup uh, but i will also get on with thinking about top tens in the future um, I've got several ideas. I'm going to get Patreons of $5 tiers and up to vote on what they would like to see first and submit their ideas. And yeah, soon I'll be able to get top 10s in the work and start working on those a bit more. Uh, by all means, if you have not signed up to the Patreon campaign, please consider doing so. I never like to ask for money, but literally a dollar a month is all it would take. You would not even notice a dollar a month going out. And I've always said that I would much prefer... I mean, 10,000 people plus subscribe to the YouTube channel. I know some of them are casual players and some of them might be bots, who knows. But if even 10% of that signed up to the Patreon at a dollar a month, it would transform the channel into something kind of ridiculous. You know, would it? I wouldn't be able to like quit my job and work on a channel, but you get enough people subscribing, I could probably go part-time. But even then, 1,000 people subscribing for a dollar a month so each one is not hurt particularly financially it would mean that i could upgrade my cameras i could upgrade all my setups i could do all sorts of stuff for this channel i could even do specific reviews based on what the patreons want so the patreons could vote on a game that i should review and then i go out and buy the game and do a review on it i mean i could literally do stuff like that for that kind of money so you know you know, if you do, if you don't want to, that's fine. Just keep watching the videos, keep sharing them out. I appreciate it all the same. It's just another option if you want to go the extra mile. Um, until next time, I think I'll wrap up. And uh, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast. I'll see you soon, hopefully when my throat is feeling a bit better. Certainly, I should hope it will be gone after two weeks when I do the next podcast episode. But uh, until next time, take care. Remember, it's only a game. Stay safe, stay indoors, or stay, just do whatever you like. I've I've gone outside a fair amount during recent months, you know, for the eat out scheme in the UK, got me out in restaurants a lot. I still go to my game cafe, but I still take precautions, still wear a mask when I go to, you know, when I enter the gym and when I go shopping and go to various places, I still wear a mask. I just, you know, I just don't 
keep myself in my house like a hermit you know all day you know i'm kind of trying to enjoy my life because otherwise i'd just go mad you know i really suffered the first three months you know an extrovert trying to stay indoors and not see anyone i mean there are still some people i haven't seen in ages and it's because they want to stay perfectly safe fine not gonna say anything against them but you know i kind of miss them really i kind of miss the old days but this could be like it for a while and now that we're looking at a potential second wave who knows? I mean, please don't lock us down again. I've just about managed to get to some kind of stress relief normality from going to the gym and going to my game cafe. But if we close them all down again and I'm stuck indoors, I don't know how I'll cope. But we'll see. Anyway, let's not dwell on what might happen. Let's dwell on the now. And now I'm hot and sweating and I need to get into a cool spot. So, um, yeah, it's way too hot in this room when you close the window. So that's it for me. I'll see you on the next video or podcast. And remember, as always... It's only a game. Take care. Bye-bye.